0: Hi everybody, Karun Chandler back from the Hungarian Grand Prix, where it was boiling, boiling hot. It was, um, you know, the weekend started off with thunderstorms on Thursday, and, well, I, I even mean Wednesday, but as the weekend went along, um, it got hotter and hotter and hotter and eventually, pack temperatures uh, were even into the low 50s at one point, so it was an absolutely scorching weekend. Uh, plenty to talk about, despite the fact that the race wasn't particularly interesting, but there, was, there were lots of stories all the way up and down the pit lane. Um, once again, on a track where dirty downforce is important, Ferrari come to the fore. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, it's when a team aims for a high amount of downforce without a real penalty for drag in terms... without considering a penalty for drag because there aren't really any long straights. So they, um, you know, they've really, really managed to... that out. I think the car's producing a really good amount of downforce and it's a straight line speed that they need to address. If we look at the trend here, Monaco, they were particularly strong. Here, they were very strong. Um, you know, and then when you conversely look at tracks like uh, Silverstone, Baku, you know, uh, even Montreal to be honest, the Ferraris couldn't really challenge the Mercedes cars and it really um, I'll be interested to see during this this summer break that we've got whether they work on efficiency of the chassis or just outright power from the power unit um, in terms of the IC and the, um, the, the ERS side as well, so I think there's a lot of interesting stuff for Ferrari to analyze because there's a clear trend here That when there's a circuit which requires a high amount of downforce, lots of corners, one into the other, um, the Ferrari is right there and, if anything, quicker than the Mercedes. Uh, Vettel's lap in qualifying was really pretty special. Um, And actually, in the end, Kimi's final run was was very good as well. He made a bit of a mistake coming into the chicane, um, missed the apex of the first bar, and that compromised him. So... You know, I think uh, there's probably a little bit of time lost there and, and ultimately it was within a tenth and a half. I thought once again on a track a bit like Sochi uh, and Monaco where the Mercedes wasn't maybe at its best um, and actually Sochi was another track where, you know, let's let's not forget Ferrari outperformed um, Mercedes which is sort of counters my previous point because actually it's quite a bit of straight line speed but anyway. Um, it's, it's a long while ago now, and the cars have updated a lot. But um, my point here is that Sochi, Monaco, and um, here in Budapest, we've gone to three races where the Mercedes wasn't a particularly easy car to drive. It looked really edgy, and, and Lewis struggled to put a lap together in FP2, FP3, all qualifying, and he didn't really seem comfortable. And neither did Valkyrie, Valtteri. Both drivers didn't seem particularly happy. But ultimately... It, it seemed like it was Valtteri who was able to find that compromise a bit better when it came to qualifying and, you know, perhaps Lewis just slightly overdriving it and uh, that's something that uh, we've talked about before. Come the race, the track rubbers up, the track um, gets grippier and, and it's, the weekend starts to come back towards Hamilton and this is something we saw in Baku as well. So I think, um, uh, you know, certainly uh, in, in terms of qualifying pace, Valtteri seemed to have... The upper hand. Red Bull were pretty disappointed, I think, um, with with the way the race went and you know qualifying. They know they haven't got those extra engine modes. They can't really extract the power they need. But they were in the hunt and really going in on to uh, going into the circuit on Sunday morning. You know, I was keen to see how those top three teams would play out because it was a clear one-stop race, but. When it came to undercuts or things like that, they would have all had to watch each other because actually for the first time in a long time, the race pace amongst the top three teams was all very similar on Friday. So that was uh, uh, a shame what happened to the two Red Bulls. Um, I might as well talk about that. Uh, Max just over-exuberance got, uh, I think, got carried away trying to clear as many cars as possible after running wide and losing out. And uh, Daniel uh, uh, chose his words wisely. Um, I, think he said, I think the exact words were so loser or so beep, 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 loser. So, um, anyway, uh, Max has come out, apologized, and, they, you know, it's a good thing. I think they got summer break to cool off and, and move on from here. Uh, but it is a real shame because I think if you look at it where... You know, Vettel held the pack back. Um, you know, and and if you look, and, and the top four pace, therefore, wasn't great. Max actually ended up only 13 or so seconds behind the winner after serving a 10 second penalty. So, if they had had a normal race, and if Ricardo had also been in there, I think we might have seen somebody try an aggressive two stop. We might have seen different strategies up and down, which may have affected all the way, um, all through the top six. So Um, I think it's a shame for the race on the whole that uh, the two Red Bulls ended up colliding. Or Max basically drove into uh, Daniel. Um, So, at the front, I mean, for Sebastian, psychologically as a driver, it must be really tricky. Uh, Well, I know it's really tricky. When you you know you've got an issue, but you don't know exactly what's caused it and if it's going to get worse. So, you know, the team were telling him to stay off curbs. Obviously, you could see him even on the onboard. The steering was off centre and he was having to steer... To, to sort of counter it uh, down the straight, which actually creates a bit of rolling resistance as well. So would have compromised him, but but psychologically it hurts you because you're just, you're, you're nervous and you're just counting down the laps and praying that it all holds together. Um, you know, Budapest is a track where you have to use the curbs. You know, that's, you have to be able to at the chicanes and um, you know, the mid, mid sector of the lap, all those changes of directions. You have to be able to ride the curbs to get the right line and if you go slightly offline on the dust, you just dump lap time. So, really, um, it must have been a very edgy race for for him in terms of the nerves, but uh, he got there. Kimi, yeah, you know, sort of was quicker but couldn't get past and it's a shame because I think if he was... I wonder if there was a little bit of uh, team orders involved there because... You know, Seb pitted. Kimi stayed out and did a mega lap when Seb was, was in. You know, coming out of the pits. So, Kimi clearly was happy to stay out for a couple more laps. But um, Ferrari opted to call him in. Um, obviously, they'd seen the Mercedes guys had gone to new tyres. They didn't want to get undercut by the Mercedes guys. But I think equally, they didn't want Kimi to do an overcut on Seb because Kimi's pace was still good. And there was a risk that he could get out ahead of Seb. And that, while it would have been good for Kimi, it wasn't very good for the World Championship battle. Let's be honest, Ferrari have now, I think, backed one horse. They, they've chosen their man and, and they're pushing Seb in this World Championship battle against the two Mercedes guys. On the other side, Mercedes, we saw a lot of team order stuff going on there. And um, I, I was really not sure Lewis would give that place up. I was pretty sure he would just run to the flag. Because, in fairness, Valtteri had dropped, out, dropped back nearly five seconds, which is, you know, a long way back. Um, you know, but people at Mercedes, um, after the race, said to me, sort of off the record, that they think this is a good investment from Lewis for the future. You know, he's, he's sort of bought... Valtteri's loyalty. He's shown the 1,200 people of Brackley and Brixworth that he's a team player. That's important. Uh, And I think he's, he's bought a lot of loyalty. And who knows, you know, come the world championship battle in Abu Dhabi, there could be one of two things. Either he'll lose the championship by less than three points, in which case he'll regret having done this. Or... He'll need Valtry at some stage, towards the end of the season to switch positions with him, in which case he'll be thankful for what he did here. So I think we'll only see the the repercussions when we get down towards the end of the season in, um, in sort of November time. But uh, yeah, fascinating stuff. It was um, you know, really a, a plot within a plot um, to see how that unfolded. A couple other mentions. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg, great job again in qualifying. Real shame for him with the gearbox penalty, then the issue in the pit stop because otherwise I think he was on for sort of sixth or seventh place. Renault have shown now two weekends, two races in a row, Silverstone and Budapest, two very different circuits that they've got a car genuinely capable of being in the top eight. And that is a huge, huge encouragement for Enstone. I'm interested to see what happens with that Palmer seat for the rest of the year because the rumours are flying all over the place about Kubica, about Sirotkin. Uh, Palmer fighting his corner to stay, so um, I think that's all going to be interesting to follow through the summer break Um, and also I think a big shout out to uh, McLaren Uh, Stoffel Van Dorn has really, really come on, I thought, in Silverstone and Budapest he's finally unlocked that potential that we all know he's got you know, all through the season I've been saying, uh, and if you even listen to podcasts I did last year and stuff, that I always thought Van Dorn could be the best talent to arrive in F1 um, since, well, since Verstappen, but before that since Lewis, really. I think he's, he is a very special talent, and I'm, I'm now interested to see how he's developing. I think he's been working really hard on his driving. Uh, he gets along well with his engineer, Tom Stallard, and I think they make great progress. So, a yeah, big shout-out to Van Dorn, and uh, obviously, Fernando, um, you know, you've run out of objectives to describe how amazing he is, but... Uh, solid points, best of the rest, uh, really maximized a weekend where McLaren were going to have their best ever result. Um, Anyway, after the summer break, I'm off to Madras to see my family tomorrow, spend a bit of time, see the dog, which will be great. And um, we'll join you all in spa in a month's time. See you then.